Okay, first of all, the Indians gave us this country for Thanksgiving, okay? So no backseas. They can't be Indian givers. Pun intended. It's story time. All right, Jen. So after our Black Death episode, I started thinking that we really need to find some more topics that are not downers. I think I it's the best word more. for it. I couldn't yeah. agree more. So I started to go through all the relevant topics that connect to this time period. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I started thinking to myself, like, all right, uh, let's do the Colombian exchange. And then as soon as I thought that, I was like, all <sighs> we're going to do is talk about smallpox and yeah. syphilis. Yeah. So then I thought, like, no, let's do new world exploration. Like, we could do, like, people coming over. Like, there's a lot of cool stories. And then, like, I know us. Like, I immediately started Google searching, like, Tenochtitlan and slave labor and, like, Potosi, (laughs) the silver mine. And, like, then it would have just turned into us talking about lead poisoning and mercury poisoning. (laughs) So so everything I was going through wasn't pretty, right? Like what I was left with, like religious wars, the great famine. And I kind of landed on something that I was like, Hey, you know what? This is perfect. Uh, It's the time period is just right. Let's tell the story of Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, little Puritan separatists. We got the pilgrims. It connects to the time periods. You know, some old school Americana. It's got all the stuff that we're looking for. It's a happy story. This should really work out, right? Yeah. Except for no, no. I'm sorry, but it's another ride on the pain train. No. Yes, it is. No. So uh, why don't we all grab our tickets? climb aboard and let's get this thing started hey everybody welcome again to Storytime with the historists the podcast for world history students teachers and enthusiasts it's world history but told our way so in this episode we're going to be taking a hard look at our past now it's worth saying right off the top as i'm sure there's going to be some backlash and bemoaning against us that historians and historists such as ourselves it is okay to be critical of historical narratives, right? It, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we hate. It doesn't mean we're the, de- you know, decrying the outcomes of historical events. We are a great country with m- really a lot of good things that happen, but there are also events and people and other stuff that aren't so great. And Absolutely. so that's what's going to happen when we peer into the past. So just everybody, just you know, keep that on your radar as we are listening to today's podcast. Because remember, the point of history using past knowledge to make the future better. I like that we're already starting with a trigger warning. Yeah, <laughs> like right nice? off the top. Yeah. Isn't that great? So, That's, we're so good. So pain train and trigger warning. Um, so let's go ahead and hit up our sources for this. Cause like I said, um, we're, we're definitely telling maybe not everybody is uh, ready to hear or knows about. Um, so we looked at three main sources for this uh, episode. We took a look at 400 years on the Pilgrims Get a Reality Check by Bill Newcott. He wrote in the National Geographic this year. Um, we also used How Plague Reshaped Colonial New England Before the Mail. Mayflower arrived by Matthew Rowley. Uh, he wrote this in the conversation in 2018. And then I also uh, sat down for uh, two riveting hours of PBS's uh, American experience, The Pilgrims and the Plymouth Plantation, oh. um, which is definitely must watch TV, especially if you're having a hard time falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. 
So I think at this point in time, I think we've we've let them uh, sit on ice long enough. I think I, let's so. go ahead and introduce today our guest histories returning to the show. Tyler Arco, how are you? Hello, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, hello, audience members. I'm happy to be back. Uh, and you know, it's not surprising to me that the two history people had to bring in an English guy to get the true story of Thanksgiving, because that's what it's all <laughs> yeah. about. I just, like, I just like that you welcomed us to our I know. Show. Thank you. <laughs> you have to be welcome to your own show. I mean, that's everyone <laughs> knows that. We're talking about Thanksgiving. We're talking about bringing all the people together. It's about community. So I think it's well-placed. So Tyler, I think um, right off the top, you say you know the true story of history. You say you know the true story of Thanksgiving. You, you've got that literary perspective. So please enlighten the audience. What is Thanksgiving? Okay, Thanksgiving, here's how it starts. We got some people, they're over across the ocean, and you know they, they're not having it anymore. They got to get out of there. So they jump on this boat. Uh, and, you know, it's it's not easy traveling from one part of the world to another part of the world in, you know, choppy waters, all that good stuff. But they make it. Not a lot happens on the boat trip. That's what I know. It's all a happy voyage. <laughs> they had plenty of food. But they get here. It's a little bit longer trip than they expected. They land. And, you know, it's <laughs> like when you first get a puppy when they land, right? You're, like, super excited. You're ready to go. You don't understand it's going to be a lot of work. This puppy's got to get from a puppy to an adult dog, right? So anyway, they land. They get out there. They're like, uh, we don't have anywhere to live. We don't have any food. Like, we just spent it all on this trip over. But they're excited, right? They're excited. So they start getting going. They're running into some troubles. And then some Native Americans pop up. And they're like, hey, welcome to our part of the world. They have a few language barrier issues. But just a couple. Just a couple. They work through it. They work through it. And they really, they teach the pilgrims how to grow corn. And that leads. That's key. That is key. You have to have food. You got to be able to grow that corn. Uh, they okay. also provide some other food during this time so that the pilgrims can survive while the corn is growing. So corn grows. They're like, okay, we got to eat. We got to bring this together as a full meal so that we can celebrate us coming together. The Pilgrims were welcoming the Native Americans to that land as well, much like I welcomed all of you to this show. And that's what we talk. That's, that is why, thank you, that is why we come together every Thanksgiving to recreate that with our own families, bringing each other together. That's the truth uh, right there. The, this sounds like, have you been watching Charlie Brown? It does sound like Charlie Brown Christmas, yeah. Yeah. Have, Did you watch sorry. that? I have seen that, yes. Um, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Oh, Tyler, this is such a Mickey Mouse bull story that you tell us. <laughs> this American story. Everybody happy. Everybody eat corn. This is oh, not the truth. Barf. This, oh, my God. Seriously. That cannot be the reality yeah. that you truly. Well, whatever. Well, I mean, to be fair to, to both Tyler and everybody else who is sitting there listening, it was like, mm hmm, that's right. Tyler nailed it. Pretty much got it all down, especially the part about the pilgrims welcoming the Indians because it's a two-way street. Um, that story draws heavily from William Bradford, who is probably the most famous of the early governors of the yeah. Plymouth Colony. And he wrote uh, On the Plymouth Plantation, which is like uh, very much a narrative history. Um, of, it's, it's pretty much a narrative poem. I mean, it's pretty epic in the way it's been constructed. Unfortunately, uh, even though Bradford writes 
this document that we as historians could say this is a primary source, we're going to have to say shenanigans because oh, yeah. Bradford very much cherry picks the elements of the story that create the best narrative. And that's why that flows so well, Tyler. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the things that you just uh, yada, yada, yada are the truth of the story and really uh, make the pilgrims who they are. And really, this is the crucible in which the you know American identity is formed. So we can't leave those things out, even though including that information makes the story that much more difficult to swallow. Yeah, I think you got two things right, Tyler. I think you got the Native Americans and the pilgrims right Mm -hmm. in that story. Yeah, so let's start with the people (laughs) who um, get there second. We'll give them first billing, though, because, you know, it's western sev so let's talk a little bit about the true real story and it definitely starts with those pilgrims um these separatist pilgrims they had started off their journey in england but they were like really intolerant of everybody else's belief system Uh to the point where the english were like if you guys stay here any longer we're gonna kill you so the pilgrims are like yep no we heard you and they go to tolerant holland religiously tolerant holland and they're posting up in holland um they're there for a about 13 years and during that time period the dutch are like you guys are horrible we can't stand you and do you know what the chief complaint was from the dutch perspective and from the puritans on the dutch so true the puritans are like our kids are becoming dutch no i'm serious and it's like the dutch are like yeah well they were born here they are they're dutch and they're like they're learning the dutch language and they're like yeah that's what happens when you live in a place. And the Puritans were like, nope, we got to get out of here. And so they secure some funding. They find a joint stock company who's like, hey, listen, you guys are willing to go over to the new world and go get us beaver furs, right? And the, the Puritans, they're like, yeah, we'll go. Sure. It's not that hard, right? Yeah. And the joint stock company's like, yeah, no, it's totally not that hard. Uh, you guys can definitely go over. You'll totally make it. Um, and so the Puritans are like, okay. So they go back and debate it. And some people are like, I heard it's kind of hard living over in the Americas. But then somebody else pointed out like, hey, listen, the thing is, is that there's probably going to be a giant war here in Europe any day now. Uh, so true. We know this is, yeah, the 30 years war. <laughs> yeah, so and so true. the Puritans are like, well, the Catholics are going to come kill us. It's counter-reformation. Yeah, might as well just get out. Yeah. And Gabe, let's just do this. Let's yeah. do this. You know what? Let's be adventurous. Let's not be normal. Let's be extraordinary. So they decide they are going to cross the Atlantic Ocean on a boat. Hey, I'd, like, so- I'd like to stop here and say that's three mm-hmm. things I've gotten correct. That boat <laughs> was involved. Well, yes. But however, you... Again, in your American way of retelling the story, you miss out on a couple uh, key details. Yes. There were two boats. Did you know that, Tyler? There were two boats. Why yeah, do you need two boats? Boat. You only need one boat. Because it was a huge congregation of Puritans. We always think of them as the 100 who made the journey, but it was a, it was a congregation yeah, of closer to 200 people. Yeah. Um, and they had these two boats. They had the Mayflower, which is an old hunk of junk. And they had this other boat, had an awesome name called the Speedwell. And so that's the boat that most of the Puritans hop a lift on to go get to the Mayflower and they're going to divide everything up. And the joint stock company was like, Hey, you got to have these other guys called the strangers. Cause they're not part of your congregation, but they're going to go over there and make sure this, this thing works. And then the speedwell sinks. <laughs> Did you know that Tyler? <laughs> Did you know that? It doesn't sound that important because it didn't make it. It sunk in the Harbor of uh, Hampton. Oh, it didn't, and, yeah. It didn't even make it over. Yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. didn't even make it. That's it Europe's problem. It. That is Europe's <laughs> problem. <laughs> 
it turns out that those people who uh, got off the speedwell before it sank uh, lucked out because they weren't part of the 100 pilgrims um, and roughly, you know, 50 some odd sailors and strangers who make the 65 day journey across the North Atlantic in the heart of winter. Because everybody knows that if you are going, and, and this is everybody at the time period too, right. this isn't just like us looking back. Everybody knows that if you're going to make that journey, you do that journey in May at the latest. Nobody Seriously, in does, their right mind leaves in September. Does nobody understand the concept that when a journey is long, you start <laughs> early? No, no. I mean, American history is full of uh, uh, such epic stories as the Mayflower Pilgrims and the Donner Party. Yes, yeah, seriously. Everybody who starts late ends up as food for somebody else. <laughs> and uh, before you're like, no, Thanksgiving's not about cannibalism. I'm gonna blow your mind later. Oh right? yes, so you just are. Know that. <laughs> so uh, the the journey, Tyler. The 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 nothing happened on the journey. There was a dude who got thrown overboard and just nice. like luckily grabbed a rope at the last second. And they pulled him aboard. Um, there was 102 people packed into a boat that was made Ugh. for like 30. They all lived under you know, like below decks because it was raging storms. There's poop buckets everywhere. There's vomit because they're throwing up. It is a floating toilet for 65 days making two miles an hour on this journey and just to top it all off and i don't know why this detail has stuck with me so much but it's it's been rattling around my my cage for for weeks now there were two babies born during that time period so just like in all of that mess there's also baby left over i don't know what it's called i just realized that I'm sure you can email us. Somebody's like, somebody just turned off the podcast. You know, it's totally true. <laughs> Though I do want to, I do have a question is, yes. you know, with, you know, people pooping in buckets and obviously the ship rocking back and forth. Is that why mm -hmm. they call it the poop deck on a ship? Because that's I'm not <laughs> Ooh, doing bits. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm being serious. I don't even know where the poop deck is on a ship, but is that just where it comes from? I don't know. We're, we live in Colorado. It's a landlocked state. Yeah, I have I don't no, know. no clue. I don't know. Maybe some of our coastal listeners. Tyler, what do you want to add to the conversation? Well, I, I think we need, we're glossing over the key strategic elements that they're doing here. It's in the winter. You already said they messed up. However, by having so many people, they're able to really get in that body heat and survive <laughs> this winter trip. This is strategic. This is no joke. This is next level from them. Well, I would right, hold your horses. Yeah, because they one. were yeah. not strategic in any way, shape, or form. Let me pop that little happy bubble for you right now. Yeah, right. Do it. So yeah. So Jen, we're in the new world now, yep. and why don't you crack an egg of knowledge on Tyler's head here and let uh, that that yoke of learning drip down on him? What so, happens when they get there? <laughs> so strategy would a good strategy when you're starting a new colony would be actually to have a charter. A charter given to you by the mother country or a joint stock company that ensures yep. your right to actually colonize. Well, lo and behold, those pilgrims did not have a charter. Nope. So they have no protection. There's no one to help them. Not country, not merchant, nothing. Because they messed up their nope, paperwork. They're, they're illegal immigrants. Yeah. They were illegal immigrants to North America. Tyler, your eyes is rolled out of your screen. <laughs> well, so here's my thing. You're saying it's going to take 60-some-odd days to get help anyway. I mean, what's a 65. charter? 
What's a charter going to help when you're first one there? You're not going to get help anyway. I'm... Well, that's the other part of it, Jen. W- were they supposed to land at Plymouth Rock? No, indeedy. There is another strategic issue. They were supposed to land basically on the Hudson River, which is modern-day NYC. And that would have been awesome, right? Because there was mm-hmm. development up there, good fur trading up there. Yeah, they didn't get there. They got <laughs> to this crappy piece of shore that was good for like nothing. So strategy and the pilgrims are not words I would really put together in the same sentence. Yeah. So they land, no the wrong charter, place, no town. Yeah. It's, it's, it sucks. And that's when our journey starts. That's when things start getting good. Right, Jen? Oh, things get really good. So John Carver, who's, who's one of the, you know, the major people on this, get pilgrimage thank you so much i'm here all week <laughs> okay. oh doing bits okay. decides they're st- they're still gonna make this happen right so they're th- they're gonna create some laws things are gonna be put in order and it's gonna be great but they're original- are you talking about the mayflower compact i am indeed you know the one that that tyler what do you know about the mayflower compact uh, okay, so this is legit, right? They take a bunch of flowers that were blooming in May and they compacted them together. Definitely. That's, That's exactly it, right? Tyler, this you nailed the it! Foundational, <laughs> this is the foundational event in American history. It was a bunch of stinky, waterlogged, yes. insufferable pilgrims stamping on flowers. So, this is America. Yeah, this is this is really what the, the Mayflower Conference pact that we take to be like these awesome set of laws that establish this amazing civilization. It really wasn't that. It was a series of things like, hey, we will eventually make laws. Hey, we will eventually follow these laws, whatever they may be. And in order right. to get off the boat, people had to sign this. And the only yeah, reason they signed that- it is because there's no reason to be on the boat anymore. Yeah, because like, uh, if I'm... Re- oh, go ahead, Tyler. Again, this sounds like good strategy. <laughs> no, it's not strategy. It's necessity. The, exactly. The captain good strategy. Of the Mayflower, That's good strategy. <laughs> the mother of all invention. Um, the captain and the crew, right? They were gonna like kill, kill them. Like, yeah. <laughs> straight up, literally kill. Like I, I. There's a there's a a new book. Just as a quick aside, there's a new book on the New York Times bestseller list. It's like historical fiction, but it gets into um, William Bradford's first wife dies during this time period and she you know she falls off the boat and dies and some people are like maybe she jumped and some other people are like maybe she fell because she was really sick and now there's this third group of people who are like maybe she got thrown off the boat because william bradford was important and the captain wanted to leave (laughs) they tossed his wife off the boat so that they would like get the pilgrims to sign that document which again was like not seminal i guess everybody got to sign it so that's something but yeah so not not uh, like mm -mm, not a great strategy here they they are just making it up as they go it's bad jazz and that plymouth rock that we're all so fond of matt why don't you talk to us about plymouth rock lumpy beanbag chair (laughs) (laughs) it's all broken up now yeah if you go see it now today um when i was reading the national geographic article about 400 years on um the the author um talks about how underwhelming it is and this is this place where the puritans are you know if again if you look at the myth making the mythos like this is the place that the puritans stood up and said proclaimed like this is where we've landed this is where we're going to build in actuality they wandered around they they landed on the rock on the third try of their landing party right before they got kicked off they step on the rock they walk onto the beach and then they meet some indians 
um, Native Americans. And, um, you know, the based on everything we've seen so far, things are going great. And, and I'm sure that the pilgrims were ready to welcome the Indians to the Indians land, uh, as, as Tyler <laughs> suggested. Um, but instead, they shot at him. They're just like, hey, look, there's people, bang, 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 and just started shooting at them, even though they have no food, no medicine. Um, they've been on the boat forever. Uh, there's babies. There's the whole nine. Um, two yeah. people have already died on the boat while they're trying to, like, they're dying of disease. Yep. Um, like, and it, it's gross disease. I mean, go listen to our King Cholera episode to it's learn close. about, like, yeah you know, diarrhea born diseases. Um, and so they shoot up the uh, native Americans natives run off into the wilderness. And then the pilgrims are like, mm-hmm, now we're by ourselves. And they look out and the Mayflowers is sitting out there at anchor and the, 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 the sailors are shaking their fists at them. And so the pilgrims start wandering around looking for somewhere to build um, their settlement. And this is this part of Charlie Brown's, you know, Mayflower Thanksgiving, Tyler, that you probably remember where Peppermint Patty and Chuck Brown, they, they throw together. Yeah. And Snoopy's there and they all make a, a, a big house and everybody goes in and it's hard work, but there's a snake also and everything's fine. <laughs> I don't know why the snake factored in, but it did. Um, in reality, Tyler, this is a, this is a fun fact for you to chew on here. The, uh, Pilgrims found like a full-on village yep. that had been abandoned, and they start going into the huts. And what do they find inside of the huts? Any guesses? Corn. None. I've got you. Stunned. Corn. <laughs> <laughs> Is that no, going to be your answer? To everything? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when the lady in Psycho finds Norman Bates' mom's skeleton. It's yeah. like that. They just find a bunch of skeletons everywhere. And eventually, the pilgrims will learn that these are the bones of the, oh, here we go, oh. the Patuxet people. Patux, Patux, oh, for Patuxet God's sakes, Patuxet. <laughs> Those letters don't go together. Like, that's not, a, a, I'll get it. It's the Patoxit people Yay, who've been killed by smallpox. And now the pilgrims are like, we are going to live in these villages, ready-made homes. And, and <laughs> so whereas most people might run away and like there's like skeletons and it's, it's yeah. literally a graveyard. It's an above-ground graveyard. Um, the pilgrims, there is much rejoicing. And in fact... Um, on disease, I found this great quote uh, about the, the the outbreaks of disease in this region that killed up to ninety percent of the Wampanoag people. Oh my God, um, you got it right! I that yes. one I can get. That one, right. that one I can get. Yes, we're on it. So King James, the King of England, says this quote: "In His great goodness and bounty towards us and our people, He gave us God, gave us the land." to the Englishman. So literally the English see the disease and the death and the destruction, this genocidal event to the Wampanoag people as a blessing from God. And it is celebrated as this great thing, right? Because yeah, 
nothing says God more than 90% of people dying of disease. And the ensuing events definitely back that up because that first winter, um, 50% of the people die. So all of these strategically minded, uh, doing great, <laughs> growing they corn uh, pilgrims die. And this is where I found some when I was unearthing some stuff, this great detail, um, this like horrible uh, situation on set of the Mayflower when people get off and they start living in the village. They're like, oh yeah, this yeah. is going to be great. Uh, and then there's people who die and it's kind of like yada, yada, yada by uh, William Bradford. But there's this person, Phineas Pratt. And Phineas Pratt has to end up giving court testimony. He, get, he gives a sworn statement at court, uh, at a court of law um, in 1637, where he talks about um, what actually happened to the people. They didn't just die of starvation. He says that the sick people, when it was clear and evident that these pilgrims were going to die, what the pilgrims did is they took these dying men and women out into the forest and lashed them up to trees with their guns so it looked like there were forest guards to scare the natives off so the natives didn't just attack them. And then the people who died before they could be taken to the forest were planted, literally planted into the ground. And even Bradford talks about this, that the dead bodies of those original 102 settlers become the first fertilizer inside of the Patuxet. Yeah. Let's just go with Plymouth. Let's okay. Plymouth Plantation um, <laughs> for, for everybody's sake um, becomes the fertilizer for those first nice. corn harvests. And then whatever bodies that were left over after the winter, they were taken up to this place called Burial Hill because there's that many bodies that they they, uh, nice. they they lashed some guys up in the forest and then they planted yeah. some other ones to become food uh, fertilizer. And then some other guys are just thrown into these hastily created graves in these sandy hills. Like if you've ever seen Martha's Vineyard, right? The rolling sandy yeah. hills yeah. and all that stuff. And then some horrible rainstorms occur in February and all the dead bodies wash down the hill back into the village where everybody is like straight up, like right out of poltergeist. Oh my God, that is just like, I was thinking the same thing, just like out of Poltergeist, when the rains come and the bodies are floating down the neighborhood. Oh. Yep. And it's at that point in time, Tyler, that some friendly Native Americans introduce themselves to the pilgrims. And I'll throw it over to Jen to tell the story of these early pilgrim Native encounters and how that went. But are you doing okay right now? This is a lot. I, I know it I've, is been, a lot. I've been a little bit in shock. Um, they're stunned in the silence. Initially, I've been thinking they've caught a couple good breaks. Uh, they're not going to have <laughs> enough food for all of those people. So, you know, some people got to die. Uh, but then you kept talking about the number of bodies, and then I got a little bit concerned. Um, yeah. But I also thought of something smart to say, but I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it because I think we can pull in a little literary knowledge here a little bit later Ooh. on. So I'm going to okay. hold that in the back pocket, but we'll circle back. Okay. All right. All right. So basically, here's what happens is um, there is contact between the pilgrims and the Native Americans prior to necessarily Thanksgiving, right? And it wasn't all horrible. Like, it really wasn't. As, as much as it's been horrible so far in our story, this one isn't. So you have Samoset and Squanto, whose real name is actually Tisquantum. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, they speak, uh, one of them speaks English because they'd learned it from English traders. They had been there a while, right? Because this is not the first English that are actually in the Americas. Um, Tisquantum had been kidnapped, taken prisoner. So that's not so good. Learned some English. Uh, he was a Patoxit native, survived the death Patoxit. of his tribe. That's what I said. Okay. 
And then, um, so he's got, he's got some contact and let's go for Thanksgiving. Cause here's where it gets really good. Okay. So like you do on every Thanksgiving, the pilgrims start firing their guns in the air to celebrate that they actually had some food. Bullets Super excited. Face. Checks out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like, you know, when the, I'm going to do a personal story here, you know, when we COVID first broke out in like late February, early March, how and you remember, you remember that day, on, I think it was like March 13th, where we were told we're not coming back. It's extended spring break. And then panic started to rise everywhere, including in myself. I went to the grocery store immediately after school. And I was so excited because there was food still on the shelves in the grocery store. I screamed out loud. And that was like, <laughs> I think that's how the pilgrims felt when they had food that they Woo! knew they weren't going to starve. We got corn. I was going to say it was bang, corn, bang, right? Bang, bang. They got corn. Yeah, I'm sure it was corn. Well, they did get corn. Yeah. yeah. Somerset and uh, Tisquantum. Yeah, they did. Them. They yeah. did. They, they taught them. Yeah. That's well, another, I mean, I'm up to four, guys. You said two. I'm up to four. <laughs> four well, correct facts. I mean, wait until you hear about this corn, though. Yeah. Really, seriously. It's it, uh. Anyway, um, the Massasoit Native Americans were thought that the pilgrims were like in trouble, right? That some they were under attack. And there there had been a slight little treaty made between the pilgrims and the Massasoit to, you know, yeah, you're talking about the leader, other. yeah, the chief. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so he comes to help, but the pilgrims are not having a problem. They're just shooting their guns in They're celebration. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean that's just what it was. Now, who knows whether this was the true case where he really came to see if they needed help or if they were just used to hearing gunfire and just stop by to see what's up, nobody knows. Nobody knows. But hey, hey, we, we brought some deer, you know, sort of yeah, situation. Not yeah. beer people, deer. Um, yeah, deer. So they Medicine. brought deer and and they cooked the deer and the pilgrims and the Native Americans eat. Yeah. Well, but, they probably ate the deer because the corn was gross. Oh, the core is disgusting, but at least they eat deer. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm sure the natives did the deer up right. They know how to do it. They could roast yeah. it up. They could skin it. They got all the choice cuts, got the back straps. Oh, great stuff. Yeah. The, the What the pilgrims oh, brought to the party, though. Seriously. Because Tisquantum had to teach them how to like get fertilizer, right? right. So he taught them, like, hey, if you take these, these uh, fish out of the river, and then you could put the fish into the cornfields, and then you put like the dead fish over the kernels yeah. of corn then um the, it'll serve as fertilizer and the english and this is why i no, can do because yeah. i'm i'm not doing any accents for natives because that's no yeah however for the english they're like what are you talking about putting the fish in there we eat the fish and then just quantum's like no man listen just trust me it's going to be good and they're like no we're going to eat the fish and we put the poop on the corn and and someone says like what human what are you poop. putting on the corn and like it's called night soil is what they were putting on it's the human poop it's oh, all the duties man. so tyler i guess in oh. terms of like you're thinking about like more food less food more poop would have been more fertilizer so that's a strike against the pilgrims mm -hmm. in fact um because more people would have produced more poop which would have produced more food the way the pilgrims were growing the food but let's just be clear here poop corn was not as good as fish corn yeah it's well, not gonna... like nebraska corn 
I'm going to circle back no, on nothing this. even close. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back on this here, right? They packed all those people in the Mayflower. You said there were poop mm-hmm. buckets. They had plenty. Mm-hmm. They had plenty. They had. They could use that poop. They threw them off the boat. Well, what do you mean you they threw them, them off, off, the off, off the boat? No, no, no. You got to keep that's that. 100, that's a hundred. Si- dukes a day. Yeah. Do you want to have a hundred and two dukes a day you for said sixty-five they days? You said they needed it. They could have kept they, that. Yeah, but they didn't know it at the time. Why they just thought everybody would make it to the new world and poop there. Why aren't they being more strategic? That's what I'm saying to you. Yes, that's exactly I, what there's I'm There's no saying. strategy. See, thank you for uh, making yeah. my point. No, yeah. and by this and yeah, and and that poop that's coming off the Mayflower is like oh, that's what I want. Dysentery, right? Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, this is quickly turning into our King Cholera episode. Really we got to move on. Quickly. So, so, uh, so for more on poop-based illnesses, make sure you go check out King Cholera Season 1, Episode 7, I believe. Nice plug. Let's let's yeah, wrap up to. Thanksgiving, though. So here's the deal. Let's they're do it. E- they're eating deer. They're, it's not like pumpkin pie and deer and mashed potatoes and everything else. It's mm-hmm. definitely not that kind of meal. They got nope. some food, um, some corn that's covered, you know, that's been grown with human feces. Not only that, they're actually surrounded, their village is basically surrounded by severed heads and body parts because they hung those up as a warning to other people to stay away. So, you know how normally- so metal. Isn't that, I know. That is so heavy metal. (laughs) We have like these delightful tablecloths and these wonderful centerpieces and a food and a table, you know, flowing in abundance with food. The real Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. was like a deer- Gross corn and severed heads. I'm just saying. Just hanging out at the Firefly family's <laughs> house and the house of a thousand corpses. It's just like, yeah. you know, Dr. Satan comes in, like, oh, is that deer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not good. It's not good. Yeah. And then um, when it was all said and done with, with all of this, the natives leave, they're like, well, all right, cool. Well, that was a really fun, like, you know, Thursday. See you guys later. Like it was not like this. That, that, nobody was like, I can't wait till we do this again. <laughs> sort of sort of thing. Um, yeah, they just leave. And in fact, it's um, you know, we don't even see any like talk about like giving of thanks um, until uh about the 1630s, um, when like 1637, where the first Thanksgiving makes its way into the historical record. And of course, the thanks that was given 1637 was a uh, a pilgrim uh colonist who's thankful that they had killed a bunch of Wapanoag, actually. Oh, and nice. um, this is uh That's right lovely. at the beginnings of uh what will become uh King Philip's War, uh, when mm-hmm. uh Massasoit's son Metacom leads a revolt because like he's pretty like uh, it's pretty obvious to him that those those pilgrims um, who welcomed him to his own land, according to guest historist Tyler Arco, um, those those pilgrims were here to take the land and kill all the people. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving uh, up on Burial Hill that I talked about earlier, um, Wampanoag, not just Wampanoag, but natives from all across North America uh, come to a plaque, a genocidal plaque um, that commemorates um, this event. And so from the perspective of the native people, the story that we just told isn't a story of overcoming awful planning, horrible paperwork, uh, poop, and failure. It is the story of how one group of people systematically destroyed another. Um, and uh, unfortunately, for for a lot of people who celebrate Thanksgiving in, in this country, it's not necessarily looked at in this joyous sort of way. It's, it's very much a contrived event for, for many people. Yeah. 
It was. I mean, I think it's just a case of we want, you know, we all in all civilizations, not just America, but all different nations want to portray their past in a, in a much more rose colored light. And that that's, that's how we get these stories, but don't get me wrong. I love Thanksgiving. I do. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that is something that's worth, um, talking about it is there is uh, a lot of, of good things. And, and in fact, you know, what Bradford, you know, what he writes in his story, uh, about the Plymouth plantation, um, very much is, uh, a part of that American tale. It's just not the complete, uh, American tale. It's, it's, um, a cherry picked set of facts in a lot of way. So Tyler, what was your end count for how many things you got right? Well, I think I'm still at four, um, and I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm taking the wrong message here, but what I'm hearing is next Thanksgiving when I'm chowing down on that corn, I need yeah. to be thankful that it wasn't the poop corn. That's that what I've nice. gathered. That, that's I think the that's, message. That's my number one takeaway from yeah, this episode yeah. so far. That's the message. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and then you know instead of watching Charlie Brown and like a made up story, um, you know you could think about you know the actuality of that first winter and mm-hmm. you know dead people in the forests and zombie corpses rolling down hills and you know then you could cap it all off by you know instead of of um, you know watching bad NFL football, you could go over and check out like the 1637 Project and uh, hear from native peoples about the stories that the people who lived in um, what we call New England um, were doing during that time as well. So uh, a plug for, I think, a worthy project there as well. Yeah, I think I will add that to my list. I I like to be a little bit more accurate in my understandings of history. Um, But that does bring me back to my literary reference. You've mentioned the forest. You've mentioned the forest a couple times here. Uh, And so in Puritan writings, we have seen a trope of the forest equals dangerous. Mm. So a prime example, Young Goodman Brown, which is a critique of the Puritans, uh, of course, but about the Puritan society's beliefs that the forest holds evil and bad things. And I wonder if this is a reference to either some of the uh, disease-ridden people hanging from the trees, but also potentially some uh, dangers from attack via other other wars. Yeah, I, I so. think so, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's... Um... Uh, an interesting thing to to point out there. Um, I think that the the real danger though comes from you know this is what happens when you don't check your calendar. I think that that's uh, maybe the the forest is a stand in for bad planning. Everybody needs a friend <laughs> who is thinking about the details, right? Yeah, Everybody wants true. to go to the party. Nobody wants to clean up. You need that person. Yeah, and you know, I I really think had they thought about this a little bit more, like Thanksgiving, a little bit too close to Christmas currently, couldn't we have moved that back a little bit? Like, well, I think that's another story for another time. But for this one, for that gripe, you have Abraham Lincoln to thank, and we can't talk bad about him because he got shot. Yeah, you can't. Can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. That limits that's a lot of things. Time. Yeah. <laughs> So I think the real question for us in the end shouldn't be necessarily why do we tell ourselves a story every year that is so obviously untrue, but maybe how do we see ourselves in the pilgrims? Because that is that because that's what we want to see or is it because the Puritans wanted us to see, you know, I don't know what it is, but in the end, do we tell ourselves an untrue story because we want to feel better about our origins 
Or do we tell ourselves an untrue story because we want to feel better about ourselves? Ah, that's really deep. You know, maybe you. we are these really deep people, or maybe it's just a total load of BS, our story, you know, just like the one told by Charlie Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today in another edition of Storytime with Histories. Thank you, Mr. Arco, thank for you, joining Tyler, us for, as well. Yeah, bringing all that highly accurate historical knowledge. <laughs> you know, I'm here anytime you guys need some true hot takes. We got you. I think we'll we'll have to dip back into your um, you know, your cavalcade of learning. Yeah. All right, so you you guys know where to find us. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, iTunes. You can go check us out at Anchor.fm. Storytime with the Histories. Um, make sure you guys check out. We got this week's uh, playlist will be out. Um, check me out on Time Bomb um, for one hour of easy Thanksgiving listening. Um, <laughs> past that, uh, if you've got any information uh, that you want us to develop up, you can always check us out at storytimeatthehistories at gmail.com. Otherwise, for all of us, bye. See you next time. <laughs>